All right, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this evening, Lord, and what you're doing in our life and all around us. God, we know that everything in our life, like my Aunt Joy said, is a result of your goodness in our life, that you are the reason why we have everything that we have and experience everything we experience. And for that, Lord, our desire this evening is to just express a, even just a moment of gratitude to you and thanksgiving for all the amazing things that you do in our life. Lord, where will we be without you? Where will we be without your love and your compassion and your goodness, without your guiding and your favor in our life? Lord, we know that you have the most amazing ways to figure everything out in our life. And because of that, Lord, we're so gracious and we're, we're so in love with you and everything that you do. So Father, this evening, I'm just asking for your anointing that it would come, that it would rest heavy on us. God, just your presence, your Holy Spirit would come. But as we've said, practical aspects of Christianity and life in you. And we ask you, Father, that you open our eyes so that we can see. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, well, one of the things that I love about Wednesdays in the summer is, and I think I say this every time, and I say this to most people, is I, I think I said it actually one of my last days that I taught at um, Light City School of Ministry was, I love the Bible so much. Not even necessarily because it's like the inspired word of God, which I definitely love, um, but I love the scripture so much because of how practical the Bible is for our everyday life, that when we're looking through life and discovering things and issues and problems, it's amazing how a book that was written, you know, between like two and 6,000 years ago, let's say, can be so accurate and proficient in answering the questions that we would have in our everyday life, that I've discovered this, and I've gone through a lot of stuff, and I'm only 33, but, you know, I've experienced a lot of life, and I've realized that the Bible has answers to every single problem that we could face in our everyday life, that we read the scriptures, yes, because it's so valuable and so important to us to really know God and get to know his nature, but what I've also discovered is that we can read the scriptures to really understand how to successfully live everyday lives. And that's really what Wednesday nights through the summer, we called it the pursuit of happiness. And essentially what we're going to talk about through the number of weeks of the summer is understanding the practical things that we can do and apply to our everyday life to enhance our experience as we venture through our everyday lives. What I also realized is, is that although the Bible has so many answers— Man, it's got tips and strategies and tools. God will, unfortunately, not um, do the work for us. One of the things that I noticed is, is that you can't get in a bad enough mood for that mood to turn good. Did you ever notice that? Like, you can't dig yourself deep enough in a hole that eventually that hole is going to turn happy. You know? That uh, we, we face decisions every single day all the time where we have to decide that we're actually going to, instead of taking the easy, the natural route, that we're going to apply some pressure to those things and apply the scripture to those scenarios. And man, I got to tell you something, right? Like I was in the shower just getting ready to come here and I'm sitting there and all the things are going through my brain. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to practice gratitude. And I'm in the shower and I'm shampooing my hair and I'm doing this stuff. And I'm just like thinking about and talking about and thanking God for all those things. And I got to tell you, it was like 
I was in the shower, and so I was literally being washed. But it was like I was having an external and an internal washing of all the negativity. And what did I do? Was it that I, I discovered some crazy secret? Well, I guess maybe. But the secret was simply just I did what the scripture said to do. And this is the thing about the practicality of the scriptures is sometimes we feel as though there's going to be some magical moment where everything just like clicks into place. Instead, realizing that this life with God, that we're living with him, is every day, moment by moment, step by step, that he's teaching us and moving us and talking to us and, you know, we fall down and we are able to have an engagement with the Holy Spirit and we have a victory and because of that we learn something and it's in the ebbing and the flowing of life that we understand how to live this successful Christian life. You know, like I think about Gail's testimony. I'm still talking about it. I mean, how beautiful it is that the persistence of Gail and Donovan to just continue to walk, not anything crazy, right? I mean, your testimony is years in the making, but it's just, was every day steadily determined? When the thoughts came, you redirected. When the worry comes, you redirect it. And that's what makes it, that's what makes life with God work is that we choose him in the everyday moments of our life. I also wanted to say, uh, Hope, you were like, you had some great dancing happen over there. I was eyeing you while I was drumming. You're just, you guys are just bringing the presence of the Lord, and it's just beautiful to watch what you guys do. So I'm going to talk tonight, like I said, um, in, whoa, 21 minutes. Thank you for whoever set my timer. That was so nice of you, and also rude, but nice. Um, I'm going to talk tonight, the title of my message tonight is Interrupting Anxiety. You know, I can remember when Danielle got pregnant. Um, we were actually trying to get pregnant, so Lola was not a surprise. We were trying, and, you know, we had this thing that we would do in the months, probably for six months leading up to the place when Danielle actually got pregnant, that we would ask each other, like, how ready are you? And so we would, the way that we would do was we would give percents. And so Danielle, amazingly, was always at, like, 90, 91, 92. And I really started from, like, I'm about, like, 6% ready, you know? <laughs> And so, you know, through the, the process of the Lord speaking to me and me, whatever, I get to the place where I'm like, this is it, like, I'm ready, 100%, I'm in, it's awesome. And now, trying to have a baby was awesome. And then there's always this, and you're like 100% ready that you think in your brain. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, you think in the thinking of what it's going to be like that you're ready. And then there's the moment. I could literally go back to the moment walking into the kitchen of my house, and I knew. Actually, Lola was a God baby because the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night, and like, I feel like it was audible, told me that Danielle was pregnant. And so I wasn't that much taken off because Lola's a God baby, and she's amazing. Um, we could talk about her for a while, but we won't because I need to preach. Um, but I can remember walking into the kitchen, and the whole thing happened, and Danielle told me that she was pregnant. And I got to tell you, like, for those of you that have kids or don't have kids, like, thinking about the fact that you want kids is so different from the moment that you realize, like, oh, my God, we're going to have a kid, okay? And I can remember, like, you know, I was so ready and so excited, and we're like, yeah, we're going to do this. It's going to be so amazing. And then the moment you find out it happens, it's, like, really the opposite of everything you thought. Like, you think it's going to be like, we're jumping and dancing, and you see Instagram videos of people doing that. And I really thought that's what it was going to be like, but I got to tell you, it was like in that moment, like it was like I got the cold sweats because I got so nervous 
about the fact that I'm about to bring a child into the world. And I got to tell you, I started, it seems like a lot of the big decisions in my life, I think they're great decisions. And then I wake up the next morning and I'm like panicked, right? Happened when I got married too. It was like, I'm like, yes, I do. And it was so great. And then I woke up the next morning and be like, oh my God, do I? Do I? I honestly wasn't. And obviously I, I, know, I know now, but. At least that's what you all have to tell Danielle. But I can remember waking up in the morning just absolutely panicked, thinking about it. And really for a while when, you know, we're having um, this amazing time and we're like getting ready and really something that could have been a a really beautiful experience. I got to tell you, every time time I would think about Lola or think about, we didn't know whether it was a bar girl at that point, but when I would think about her, man, it was like I got this crazy anxiety. It was like all the nerves and the worries and the things that could go wrong and the issues. It was like that was what my focus was until one day I was just with the Lord and we were just talking it out. And I can remember it like tangibly in the moment. God asked me, so what are you looking forward to? And, you know, in that moment, like I know how to do this and I know how to talk to the Lord. And so I started to like think about and talk about all the things that I was excited about and thinking about her being like a a little girl. If, you know, at that point I didn't know, but thinking of her being a little kid and we playing and wrestling and doing all the fun things. And, And it was amazing how in that moment, the anxiety, it seemed as though it was instant that that anxiety turned into gratitude that the, um, everything, all the negatives in my brain that could go wrong or should go wrong or all the things that I didn't know was all of a sudden those, it was like they were such a distant thought in my brain as I was so aware of how thankful I was that I was going to have a child. Now maybe you've never had a kid as you find yourself in this place. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But what I do know is that each and every one of us experience feelings of anxiety or worry in our life that happens so many times to me, you know, where you're sitting around and you think that everything is good. You know, it's like you're celebrating and everything is amazing. And it's amazing how in the midst of some of our highest moments, the enemy tries to plant those seeds of nervousness or anxiety. Really, anxiety, I feel like, has this crazy ability to interrupt some of the greatest, most rejoiceful moments in our life. And it's funny how in our culture, how easy it is in the midst of all the amazing things that we experience in an everyday life. It's amazing how so many people walk around overwhelmed by the nervous anxieties of their life. I mean, there's some doctors in the room, but I'm pretty sure that one of the most prescribed medications in the world, and nothing against medication, I feel like, God bless you, if you use it, use it. But are for people who deal heavily with this issue of anxiety. And I can remember in that moment, you know, these moments of my life that I've gone through historically, because I've got to tell you something, like from every walk of life, everybody experiences this. I want to set you free to let you know that feeling moments of worry or fear or nervousness aren't as though there's something that's inherently wrong with you or that you've somehow failed or that you've fallen apart. I mean, the enemy at every single point of our life would love to sow seeds in our mind of discouragement, of fear, of nervousness, and anxiety. But I can remember being in these moments with the Lord, and, and I can remember feeling the feelings of these, like, nervous energy. And I remember time after time in my life, the Lord, you know, because anxiety interrupts us. 
And I remember time after time the Lord saying to me that it's time to interrupt the interruption. And instead of allowing anxiety to interrupt these great moments of my life, what I started to do was to interrupt the moments of anxiety with gratitude. Because what I've noticed in life is, and just like I was saying earlier today when I was in the shower, or the hundreds of other moments and memories that I have of dealing with this, it's amazing how these feelings of nervousness or worry or anxiety only have the power over our lives that we give them. That they only last in our minds as long as we allow them to last. It's actually sometimes almost funny how easily it is for us to deal with these feelings of nervousness. How easy it is for us to combat the worry when we simply just remind ourselves about what God has already done in our life. Because I've noticed patterns in my life. And I got to tell you, it's, I, I feel like I know what God is going to do. God never does what you think he's going to do. Because he doesn't do what you think he's going to do, you get nervous or anxious. You get nervous or anxious for a while, and then you just continue to walk forward and realize God did what you wanted him to do. He just did it in a different way than you thought he was going to do it. And so really, there was no need for the anxiety or the worry. But sometimes I find that we get so caught up in the cycle, don't we? Where we historically have seen God work so many amazing things in life. But for some reason in our culture, we fall prey to these same things because we aren't used to interrupting these interruptions. Because I got to tell you something, a thought can only survive in our mind as long as we allow it. And so, in fact, as I begin to study a little bit about gratitude, because really gratitude is one of the things in the world today. If you've never studied it, you should. There's so much scientific study into the world of gratitude and thanksgiving. It's actually wild. But this is what it wrote, that people who wrote and delivered heartfelt thank you letters felt happy from this one act. They felt happy for an entire month. These are like scientific studies. That writing down three positive events per day for one week increases happiness for six to nine months. Right? A one-time act of heartfelt gratitude can produce an immediate 10% increase in happiness and an immediate 35% reduction in depressive symptoms. That in relationships, when you create a relationship where each of the partners expresses gratitude, that a single act of gratitude in a relationship is shown to have long-term effects where sometimes a single moment of saying thank you People can live off of that high in a relationship for six to nine months. This is science. And we see it in scriptures too. In Philippians 4.4, it's a very familiar scripture that we all have read. It says this, rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I love what it says in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Because this is the thing, is that Paul would never tell us to not be anxious if anxious wasn't something that people felt. But what he's letting us know here is that just because we feel anxious in the moment doesn't mean that we have to accept the anxiety of the situation. 
that there's actually something that we can do to combat that thing, to rise above it instead of feeling as though we're stuck underneath it. It says this, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with gratitude, present your request to God. And then, and then. So it's telling me, hey, this is the deal, folks. Like Paul's saying, guys, 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 like, don't be anxious. Just pray a little, be a little gracious. And then, I mean, listen to the effects. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Isn't that what each and every one of us are looking for in our lives? I mean, the number one thing that people desire more of isn't money. It's not status. It's not power. The number one thing that people are searching for in the world right now is how can I experience more peace? Because we've realized something in our culture that this idea that the more that I have, the better my life is going to be is just not true. That what we're searching for in life is peace. And what the scripture, what Paul is telling us in this moment is that, listen, the key to peace isn't that we amass more, that somehow we control everything around us or structure our life in a certain way so that nothing bad can happen around us. What he's telling us is simply is, is in those moments when you feel anxiety, don't accept it. Just pray and practice gratitude. And the result of this, fun, this is why I love the scripture. Because sometimes we want things to be complicated. I mean, I like that. I come from a science background. And sometimes, like, the most difficult things to attain come from the simplest of roots. And this is where we look at these things like peace, like happiness. Where do these things actually come from? They come from the simplest of places. That if we could just learn to adopt, like I did in the shower this afternoon, I have the option to be nervous or anxious or frustrated in those moments. And I definitely said some frustrating words, I have to admit. But I remember as I stood in the shower, it was like it wasn't long before I remembered all the times that God and what God had done in my life and how the fact that where I am is impossible that I stand where I am. And so the same impossible that got me here is the same impossible that's going to get me through. It doesn't take long to remind myself of all the amazing things that God has done and, and how little I deserve and yet how much I experience for me to realize that God has given me everything and whether this works out or doesn't work out doesn't matter to me because God has already done so much in my life. And it's amazing how in that moment of gratitude, it's like the nervous anxiety, the frustration that you experience, it's like it washes away like a rubber ducky in an ocean. It's just there's no power, there's no force behind it. It just simply drifts away. And so what I wanted to do this evening is, is I'd like to get real practical if you don't mind. Because, like I said, I like practical. And I feel like if we walk away with nothing, let us walk away with something that we can do tonight before we go to bed. In order to make our life even just a little bit better. Because we're all looking for peace and Paul simply tells us that all we have to do is shift our attention from, our pro from the problem onto the promise. That we simply have to stop focusing on the negative that's happening around us and remind ourselves of the positive of what God has already done in our life. And so I actually look this up of what are the main things that people do in order to practice gratitude every single day. Now these are very natural. I have to warn you, 
if you were looking for some deep theological understanding of gratitude, you will not get that tonight. What you will get are some very simple keys that you could do before you walk out of the doors. Because we're adopting a positive attitude. That's what we're doing. We are deciding to be positive instead of being, we're deciding to focus on the good, not the bad. We're deciding to focus on what God is doing rather than maybe what he's not doing at this current moment. The first thing, and this was unanimous across the board, that they said, if you want to practice gratitude, if you want to live a life of gratitude, you must do this. And that is, you need to keep a gratitude journal. That you need to take five minutes a day or five minutes two or three times a week and write down the things in your life that you feel thankful for. Maybe it was things yesterday. You write tonight, write about things that you experienced yesterday or tonight, write about things. You know what's amazing to me is that when we start to dig, I got to tell you, like I do this. And it's amazing how much we have to be thankful for. I tell you, like, in our, like, Instagram social media culture, it's like, it tries to highlight the very little that someone has that you don't have. It shows you the highlight reels of their life. But it's amazing how when we simply take an inventory of our own lives, And we force ourselves to sit down and write about it. How that begins to change us on the inside because we realize, man, I have so much. Like, I think about that sometimes. Man, I have so much. Like, if I had half of what I have right now, I would still have an amazing life that I could be, like, that I should have Thanksgiving towards. If I had a quarter like, I'm thinking about it. Like, I could do without a lot of the, and like, I don't live this like crazy, like uppity lifestyle. But it's amazing how I have like exponentially more things to be thankful for than things, than the one or two things in my life right now that isn't going the way I want it to go. It's like, I got a hundred things that I could write on my list. And maybe there's one thing that's like bugging me that tomorrow, I already know God's probably going to work it out for me. And so instead of laying awake in bed at night, worried about the one thing, I'm going to pull up my gratitude journal. I'm going to start writing. You know, Lord, I'm thankful. I feel like Lola is always number one on my list. I got to be honest. Like, I'm thankful for Lola. And I I love her big eyes or her little teeth that are coming in. Like, they're just so. (laughs) But I can tell you, it's amazing how spending just a moment. Like, sometimes I'm writing things that I'm, and I was in a bad mood or I was worried and I'm writing about things that I'm, I have gratitude towards. And it's sometimes it could like bring tears to my eyes. Like not just like it brings me from negative to zero. It's like sometimes I find myself at like a 10, 20, 100. Or it's like I'm so wrapped up in this moment thinking about what God is doing in my life that tr- I couldn't even try to be anxious about that thing I was being anxious about because I'm riding the high of what God has been doing in my life. The second thing is even more crazy. And you're going to be surprised when I tell you what it is. Number two, things that people say to do to practice gratitude. Take pictures. What pictures do in your life and having a a mindfulness towards taking pictures is what it does is, is it puts you in a world where you're constantly looking for things that make you feel good. 
that we walk past in our everyday life so many things. Like, I remember hearing that people, you know, because I live a fairly busy life, not as busy as some people that I know, but I live a fairly busy life, and I can remember some people telling me, like, go on walks and just look at the trees and think about the trees and, and meditate on the trees and talk about the trees and be thankful for the trees. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. Like, who has got time to talk to the trees? Like, not me. I'm about to make that paper, not talk about trees, right? But the thing is that's amazing is, is that when you live, when you live mindful of taking pictures, what it does is it puts you in the frame of mind to be looking for things that make you feel good that you can take pictures of. Now, I'm not talking about like selfies, although maybe you make yourself feel good. And so that way, man, snap them selfies, right? What I'm saying is, is that we're looking for things because it's amazing how you could look at the light and the way the glare comes off of the light and the way that the wind is blowing on the trees or the way the waves are rolling in on the water. It's amazing how when you start to think about things, those, the way the clouds are coming or the sunset that's happening around you, and as you begin to notice things because you're thinking about taking pictures, it's amazing how you put yourself in a world of beauty. And in turn, that creates like an overwhelming sense of gratitude in you. And number three, it's all the points that I have. You could go online and there's like, I found one set that was like 85 things that you could do to be great, to experience gratitude, or to express gratitude. But number three, tell someone in your life that you're grateful to have them in your life. One of the things that they say is that handwritten letters that you hand deliver to people are one of the greatest ways to experience a, a, like a euphoric sense of happiness in your life is when you write a handwritten letter to someone and you deliver it to them. Is that that's an amazing way to, and in your letter you're just writing about how much you love them, you care about them, you're so grateful for them and that. But it's amazing how these small things that we could do in our life produce a set. You know one of the things that I learned last week, um, I'm sure you all, like, I, I love that you said that, Aunt Joy. You are gone. And you're like, I'm sure you noticed that I was gone, right? It's very good. I noticed that as I was snooping back. I was also gone last week, and I'm sure that you all noticed. But one of the things that I, and I, I was at a kind of like a retreat-style meeting with a whole bunch of pastors, and really one of the biggest things that they're teaching right now in churches and teaching leaders is really how to understand how to be present in the moment that we're in. And gratitude requires you to be present in this moment. I think that's why in the scriptures, when uh, in Matthew chapter 6, my favorite passage of scripture in the whole Bible, at the very end of it, um, Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow has, an, like today, has enough troubles in itself. And when I realize, in, in, as I meditate on that scripture, is that sometimes when we spend so many of our moments thinking about tomorrow, God isn't solving the problems or hasn't given us the wisdom to solve the problems of tomorrow. That God gives us the wisdom that we need in the moment for the moment that we're in. And so often when we look at our future, there's so many unknowns that we experience. And if we spend too much time living out in the future, and we never are living in the present where God is in our life, we live with a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of worries and nervousness because we don't know how it's going to go tomorrow. And that's why Jesus told us, don't worry about tomorrow. Like, deal with tomorrow in tomorrow 
Instead, what we need to do is be present right now in our lives today and realize that, you know, this is amazing, is whenever I think about tomorrow, there's always unknowns about tomorrow. But what I've realized in my todays is that I always make it through today. Has there ever been a day, a today that you haven't made it through? No. We've all made it through all of our todays. And it's amazing because you can't get through tomorrow until you're in tomorrow. But it's amazing how no matter how afraid you were yesterday of tomorrow, you still made it through today. And this is the thing about God is understanding that God has the wisdom for the moment in the moment. Now that doesn't mean that we don't plan or think about the future or we don't think about things. But I don't allow myself to worry about the future because I know the same way that I made it through today is the same way I'm going to make it through that impossible thing that I want to do six months from now. Is I'm just going to step into the day and somehow God is going to make a way for me to walk into the situation and walk out of it successful. Because it's amazing how we all have the ability and the grace to make it through our todays. And so I think I have a handout. Do I have a handout? Yes. Did everybody get the handout? Okay. Again, real practical. So I'm done because it's zero. I think I did great on time, 827. I think I was supposed to be on two minutes ago. You don't have the handout? Well, raise your hand if you don't have it, and it will come to you. You don't got to get up. Let the handout come to you. Just like the grace. Just let the grace just be poured on you. Just like that favor. You don't got to do nothing. Just let the favor come to you. So this is 30 days of gratitude. Kate and Jess made this for us today. Thank you guys so much. And essentially all this is, is this is a challenge of 30 days of 30 ways that we can express gratitude in our life. And I'm going to challenge you to do your very best. Now, no condemnation if you don't make it through. I promise you, no one will judge you harshly. We'll judge you a little, but nothing more than... No, I'm just kidding. But I want to challenge you, do your very best to try to, on the day of the thing, and they're really easy, like day one. Let's say tomorrow is day one. All you have to do is say thank you. I mean, say thank you. And then you can like go home. And I feel like Dave is probably like this. Dave will have this thing on his fridge and he'll go home and he'll like put a check mark by it. Like, ba bam. That's how I see Dave. I feel like Dave's got like all this stuff on the fridge and just like, he's just bam, bam, bam. Maybe he's got the gold stars and he's just like, bam, 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 bam. But it's easy. Tell someone thank you. Tell someone you love them. Like how amazing is that? Number, day number three, maybe this is going to be hard for some of you ladies. Donate things that you don't lose, or that you don't use. <laughs> lose what you don't use. Let's call it that. Day four, call a friend. Day five, get a treat. Because sometimes it's about saying thank you to yourself. The scripture says that, that what does it say? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And sometimes we've got to practice gratitude towards ourselves. Like, thank you, me, for being so good. Here is a Twinkie. Send a thank you note, hold the door for a stranger, go on a coffee date, post gratitude quotes that can go along with your selfies, right? You missed that. Share positivity, small, right? We have the whole list here. But I promise you something is that I guarantee you that 30 days from now, 
your life will be different than the way you find it today. Amen? Love you guys. You're such a great crowd. Come on, clap for yourselves. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray your life was impacted by the service and that you were able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him but have been far from him. We want to give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on a cross so that you and I could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. So if you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then repeat the simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and have been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Lord and Savior. Help me believe in you and love you every day. Help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you just made to have Jesus as the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey, but most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we'd love to send you uh, with some easy steps on how to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you soon.